everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor and I'm writing solo today and I'm diving into a series that I was supposed to start a while ago called The Kids Are Not Alright where I cover VPR and Summer House, but I don't know what happened. I went on vacation, Scandaval broke, I had to take a break for Ramadan. I don't know, but I'm back and we're covering Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. Um, just like some housekeeping updates um i will be uh doing an episode that releases tomorrow for uh houses of new jersey it'll just be like a little mini coffee talk okay we'll be conversating (laughs) as danielle says (laughs) on new jersey but it'll just cover new jersey um i believe that atlanta comes back next week which is very exciting um and so eventually i think we'll loop uh, or bundle New Jersey and Atlanta together for that episode, and then VPR and Summer House together for that episode. So um, that's that's what I'm doing for now. Um, what other content will I cover? I'm not sure. I am talking about Succession with my brother, and I do my pop culture roundups. Okay, there we go. We're all we're all up to speed about what I'm talking about on this podcast. Um, okay, well enough of that. Let me jump into Summer House. So. This week on Summer House, we opened up on this Danielle and Carl conversation uh, where, of course, Lindsay is out having the time of her life, partying, something that Danielle says Lindsay does not do anymore. And it is a problem for her because Danielle wishes that she could party and hang out with her friend. Right. So she's out there doing that. And Danielle is um, at the house, not partying with Lindsay. All right. Whatever. Um, And she has a conversation with Carl and she is... Just being real weird, man. So she says to Carl that she doesn't she doesn't believe that she is like against them. She's saying she isn't against them as a couple, but she just misses her friends. And it seems to go well. But I just want to point this out that like it goes well. The conversation goes well because Danielle opens it with, I don't have a problem with you two as a couple. And Carl says, okay, fine. But the thing is, Danielle... You do have a problem with them as a couple. And the reason why this conversation doesn't go well with Lindsay whenever you try to have it is because Lindsay points that out. Lindsay says, if you don't have a problem with us as a couple, then why have you been going around talking about us to everybody except for us? How can you say that it's not weird for you when you actually said to me, it is weird for you? That's Lindsay's thing. It's like, just clarify what you said. And I think that, you know, I'll get into this when we have that later on conversation about uh, when we see that conversation later on. I just said a sentence that didn't make any sense. I said later on conversation. What the fuck? Anyway, when we have that conversation later on the next day with, you know, Lindsay, Carl and Danielle. But one of the things that's really frustrating is Danielle is saying, She's going through all this stuff. Her relationship's not great. She's going through this like huge career change. And she's saying that Lindsay and Carl aren't there for her. But Lindsay specifically isn't there for her because the three of them used to hang out together all the time. And now she feels like Lindsay is putting all of her attention on Carl and she's kind of getting pushed to the side. I understand that. But I also think that you've been approaching that completely wrong. Similarly to how Kyle blamed Lindsay for why Carl is a bad employee, Danielle is blaming Lindsay and Carl's relationship for why Lindsay is a bad friend. Lindsay might have (laughs) always been a bad friend, Danielle. And I think that's where like Paige and Amanda sort of 
perk up to say, I don't think that Pete, I don't think that Lindsay's ever been the friend that you thought that she was. I think you've been a great friend to Lindsay, but has Lindsay been a great friend to you? And the thing is that you got to know who you are friends with, right? Like if the person that you are friends with has consistently shown that they're not a good friend to other people, you can't be surprised when they're not a good friend to you. You know, we kind of saw this with like Ultimate Girls Trip where Candace says, I think in the finale episode when they're doing that, as she calls it, that ashy, ashy little uh, case, court case over the Clase Azul bottle. She says that the issue with Gar- uh, Garce- Garcelle, not Garcelle, Giselle, is that she has seen Giselle lie on people's relationships, lie about people on the show, and she was waiting for her to start lying about her and her, fa- her and her family. And it's like, well, Candace, I love you, but if you have watched and gleefully and enjoyed and clapped along with your friend being garbage to other people, don't be surprised when your friend is garbage to you because you were happy when it wasn't happening to you. You know what I mean? And I think that with Danielle and Lindsay, it's sort of a similar thing. Danielle, Lindsay has has not changed. Lindsay has always been this way. Similarly, Kyle. Carl didn't change. Carl wasn't necessarily a amazing employee in the seasons before, you know? So don't be surprised when the person that you hired or the person that you're friends with continues to behave the way that they have always behaved. Let me say, your feelings are valid if you feel like you are not getting the support that you need. Sure. But, you know, the person has always been who they are. And you are friends with them or you're in a relationship with them knowing who they are. So the only person you should be mad at is yourself for expecting more from that person than they have ever given to anybody or even you in the course of the relationship that you've had with them, you know? Um, But Lindsay, sorry, Danielle and Carl sort of like just end the conversation. All Carl needs to hear is, I don't have a problem with your relationship and I'm not actually mad at you, Carl. My issue is with Lindsay. Okay. I also want to point out the fact that in the episode prior, when Lindsay is talking to Carl about this, Carl says to Lindsay, well, you know, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Danielle, but obviously she's having issues with Robert and she's like making an app or whatever, but that's not really our problem. He doesn't come with that energy to Danielle, I feel like, you know, and Danielle kind of having this like freak out about Carl wanting to like buy an engagement ring and screaming into the pillow. It's so immature and it's so weird. But it's it's bizarre. It's like, I don't know why Carl doesn't say, why does that freak you out? And again, I said this last week or on Sunday when I released my little like catch up on um, all the stuff on Bravo. But I strongly believe that one of the issues is that Danielle is worried about what happens when they break up. I think the whole house is worried about what happens if Lindsay and Carl rush into something and then they break up. What do they do? Right. And nobody is saying that. Nobody is pointing that out. Nobody is being honest with each other about what the issue is. And that's Carl's fine with Danielle just saying, I'm not mad at you. My issue is with Lindsay. And Carl says, "Okay, if your issue is with Lindsay, then I think you should continue to talk to Lindsay. So then Lindsay comes home, you know, enjoy a little bit uh, lubricated. Right. She's had a couple of drinks and she has this 
very <laughs> Lindsay reaction to the conversation that she has, that Carl, to the recap of the conversation Carl has with Danielle. And I understand what Lindsay is mad about, okay? Even though she has, she does a very poor job of of explaining it and she kind of just freaks out. What she's trying to say is, when this was all presented to me, it was that, oh, you're, I have an issue with you and Carl together. You know, I'm missing both of my friends, whatever. We used to be the three of us hanging out together. And what she's hearing from Carl is, well, Danielle doesn't actually think that. She actually just has an issue with you. And Lindsay's upset because she's like, when it was your job, it was my fault. And now with this relationship or with this friendship, it's also my fault. So why is it only my fault? And for Carl to tell her, listen, I told her to just talk to you directly. I think what Lindsay was looking for with Carl was to say, listen, Lindsay is also hurt and she's also upset and she doesn't like the fact that you've been talking about our relationship. That's what I brought up like a little bit ago where when Danielle said, I don't have a problem with you guys as a couple, Carl Carl should have said, well, why are you freaking out about me wanting to get engaged to her? Why is that a big deal? If you don't have a problem with us as a couple, then why are you freaking about about me getting engaged to Lindsay? But Carl doesn't ask that. And that's also Lindsay's problem is like, you're not asking the right questions here. I'm the only person who ends up fighting this battle. But she does her Lindsay thing. And I feel like when they're arguing with each other, when they're like complaining, when she's complaining, whatever, I felt like it was a pretty regular fight and misunderstanding between a couple. Like, I didn't think that it was like such a how many sandwiches have you made for me conversation. It was just like, okay, it felt like the way that couples bicker. Especially like I, okay, I will say from my own experience, I am the house manager, if you will, right? Not because my husband can't do it, but just because I'm very particular about how I want my house to be managed. And because I primarily work from home, I am the local parent. Even when I go into the office, my office is only 20 minutes away. My husband works in a different state (laughs) and he is out of the house for 13 hours a day. And so there's a lot of things that I have to manage on my own. And there are a lot of times when I feel like I bicker and I get mad and resentful for the fact that I have to handle everything on my own. And my conversations with my husband oftentimes when I'm frustrated are like that. It's like, why is everything on me? And I felt like I kind of saw Lindsay. I saw myself and Lindsay and Carl when they're like arguing and Carl goes, all right, I'm just going to go to bed because I fucked up. I didn't do a good job and I'm sorry. I'm just going to go to bed. And so he goes to bed. But what's really bizarre is the entire house is sort of like glee over them fighting. Like Amanda broke all of Kyle's things on the season premiere of last season's Summer House. So this is one calendar year prior, about three months before Kyle and Amanda got married. Amanda broke all of Kyle's things and called him 147 times. And I didn't see anybody celebrating that. Everybody was worried about her. Everybody was worried about Kyle. I don't understand why Kyle is so fucking happy to listen to Lindsay and Carl fight. And what's also strange is like, like, I don't know. What's also strange is like they almost want Carl to take the beating. Like they want Carl to take the beating so that he can say, yeah, Lindsay's actually a piece of shit. But Carl's not going to do that. Carl's not going to do that. And I kind of feel bad for Carl because on the other side, Lindsay's like, you're not defending me enough, you know? But like, 
I just I don't really understand because the next morning, of course, Lindsay and Carl act like nothing has happened. And Danielle says something like, oh, you want to fight so you can. She says something like, I want you to fight so you can go the distance, like so that you guys can act like a normal couple. But they they did fight. They fought last night. You guys all celebrated it and laughed about it and had a great time. And now what do you want? Do you want them to loop you into their relationship? It's just bizarre, the expectation that these people have of Lindsay and Carl as a couple. When they're too happy and hunky-dory, you don't like that. When they do fight with each other, you do like that. And then the next morning when they resolve it amongst each other the way mature couples do, you are mad about it. But at the same time, you are saying, if you don't fight with each other, you're not going to go the distance. They did fight with each other, and it made you so happy. But that fight seemed like they could have broken up. Would that have made you happier? I I just, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, some people go shopping, and some people play games with Chris, who keeps calling everybody turd maggots and maggots, which is not what I thought he was saying, okay? I was like, why isn't Bravo bleeping this out? It did not sound like maggots. It sounded like a word that rhymes with maggots, okay? It was bad. Um, But they play this game, whatever. Sierra, Paige, and Amanda check their Everly Well test results. And this is when Sierra finds out that her results are not what she expected and it makes her upset. And she's just like down and out. Um, Danielle, Carl, Kyle, and Lindsay talk. So things wind down. The games end, whatever. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't mad about watching Chris and the games. I mean, it was like a fun. It was fun to see everybody having fun together, right? Like it was fun to see that. It was fun to get some of that like energy back in the house. Because what I don't enjoy seeing on Summer House is just them greeting each other, having like kind of a lame party, and then saying goodbye to each other. (laughs) Just... Summer house can't be that. Let's have some fun in the summer. Summer should be fun, right? Anyway, everything starts to wind down. Danielle, Carl, Kyle, and Lindsay talk. They're all sitting together. And Danielle says at this point, like, that she's going through a lot and all that stuff. And it's interesting because she keeps telling Lindsay in this conversation to stop being defensive. But Danielle is the only one who is cussing and crying and yelling and storming off. Like, that's the thing that I don't understand. She's obviously in a bad place. I think uh, multiple things can be true. Danielle is in a bad place personally. She also moved. She's also going through sort of this, like, professional change. She's also in a relationship that I don't think is panning out the way that she expects. She also, like I said, moved for her relationship. And it's not panning out. Like, her life is not panning out the way that she expected it to. And she needs her friends. And she feels like Lindsay is not available and she feels like Lindsay is not checking in. I think that those things can all be true while also while it also being true that Danielle should have gone to Lindsay about it first instead of going around the house and talking shit about Lindsay and Carl's relationship and saying instead of saying I need my friend because I'm going through a bad time. She's all she said was. Well, Lindsay and Carl only care about each other and they're rushing through this and they have blinders on and they're going to make mistakes and all this stuff. Those are two completely separate things. Instead of addressing the fact that you just need your friend, you went around and said, my friend is a bad person for rushing into a relationship with Carl. My friend is a bad, like, instead of saying that my friend is being a bad friend, you're saying my friend is 
being a stupid idiot in a relationship. And those are two very different things, you know? And I think that that's why Lindsay, I mean, that's why Danielle is getting so frustrated and why she's storming off is because she's not admitting to herself that she fucked up by talking a bunch of shit to other people about Lindsay and Carl. Like she is feeling insecure and she's feeling sad and she's feeling left out, which I understand. But then she went and talked to the wrong people about Lindsay. And now Lindsay is pissed off for good reason. Paige and Amanda are there, of course, to pick up the pieces for Danielle. But Danielle is also stupid because she's running into the arms of people who don't actually care about Danielle. They only care about being proven that Lindsay is a bad person. Like, they don't actually give a shit about you, Danielle. They're only using you to further the narrative that Lindsay is a bad person. And that's just tragic for Danielle, honestly. She's not being smart. Anyway, everybody takes a beat. They eat burgers and hot dogs and have a dance party. And it seems like a lovely time. The next morning, some people work out. Um, Sierra learns the months of the year while Paige eats cereal out of a pot. Um, and then they all go home and then we end on Carl picking up the engagement ring. And next episode, you know, I think, I think we see that preview of Danielle storming off because Carl is going to propose to Lindsay by the end of the summer. Honestly, I don't want to say that like, it's frustrating because it's like, when Carl last episode was like, are you upset with me? Because like, maybe you have some feelings about the fact that we were together at some point. I thought that was so annoying because it was like, relax, Carl. You're not fucking Prince Charming here that like Danielle is pining over you. But I think that what Danielle is upset about, I don't think that it's about Carl. I think it's about the fact that her friends are settling and moving on. It's like, you know, I've said this multiple times, the same thing as like Kyle being upset that Carl is moving on and changing his life and growing up and not wanting to be his drunk buddy anymore. You know, his life is taking him in a direction that's different. I think Danielle is also frustrated with the fact that like her two friends are settling down while her relationship is falling apart. I think there's like a level of envy there and the fact that like people are on different paths of their life. You're hot mess friend is no longer your hot mess friend you are the hot mess friend and your hot mess friend isn't there to you know be your your hot mess friend isn't there to help you as you enter your hot mess journey instead they are transitioning to a settled down journey and you're just not used to that change in dynamic you're not used to your roles changing and I don't think that Lindsay is used to that world changing because I don't think that Lindsay can be the supportive friend for Danielle that she is expecting, that Danielle is expecting Lindsay to be. It's just not possible for her. Cheetah doesn't change into a zebra or whatever that thing is, that saying. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's it for Summer House. Um, let's take a pause and I will be right back with Vanderpump Rules. Okay, we're back. Um, Vanderpump Rules this episode was maddening okay guys as it has been every single week (laughs) the show is maddening okay we are on the day after Lala's birthday I think it's very interesting it's a very succession because I think on succession this season this finale their uh, final season they were saying that every single episode is one day so like we're literally watching almost like a couple of days after the events that have happened so far on succession. So it's, I feel like Vanderpump Rules is in a very similar space where like 
the day before was like the entire day when like Oliver of, of Lala's birthday and the news of Oliver's, you know, stuff coming out. It was like two days. And then like this episode is like one whole day after that. It just <laughs> I don't know why I'm so interested. I'm like right in the, you know, the thick of the timeline. Like we are literally in the thick of it with every single week what happened in the month of August 2022. You know what I mean? I think I think that's what makes it so exciting. Anyway. It's the day after Lala's birthday party. Lala visits Katie, who is enjoying a drink and some Chick-fil-A. And they talk about this Raquel and Sandoval thing at the Abbey. And Katie is, you know, in her full bitch mode, which I love. I love when Katie is angry at the right people. You know, I like when she's taking out the energy at the right people. Um, This is, you know, when, when Katie and Stassi would come after Tom Sandoval, it was thrilling. And great because it was true. You know, when Katie and Stassi would even get mad at Kristen, it was like thrilling because it was true. Um, I like when Katie points her mean bitch energy at the right people, you know. But they're talking about Raquel and Sandoval at the Abbey. And I think like this is when a lot of the pieces sort of started to like mesh together. And I think that while... Okay, so right now there's a lot of chatter about like, oh, when Scandaval broke, why was everybody so surprised? But if you really think about it, Katie wasn't surprised. The way that Katie reacted on social media, it, it didn't scream surprise to me. If you really think about it, the people on in the internet, in the cast that were truly shocked about the Scandaval news were the people on this episode who are fully denying that something like that could happen it was sheena it was james it was um ariana right those are the people that were most shocked about the raquel news lala was ready to just go in on a bitch because she loves to go in on a bitch uh you know katie didn't really have a reaction on social media that made me feel like she didn't know about this already um, you know, I think that Katie probably felt like I already gave you guys a heads up and nobody took me seriously. So it is what it is, right? But anyway, we see the Toms go to a food truck for a very staged conversation. This is an episode that might have to be called Fuck Off Toms, okay? Logan Roy Fuck Off Tom, okay? Um, the Toms go to a food truck. This scene is very staged. They've got their sunglasses on, so we can't see their shifty eyes and their shitty acting, but we can still see it. And Shorts says something about Raquel. He says, like, I have a feeling that she has a crush on someone else. And Sandoval's like, oh, yeah? Like, first of all, fuck off the both of you. Who says things like a crush? What adult speaks that way? You guys are 40. Who says things like, I think she has a crush on someone else. It's such a weird conversation. And it's just, (laughs) it just was like, is this Lizzie McGuire? Like, are you guys auditioning for a Disney show? I think Raquel has a crush on someone else. Okay. Anyway, Sandoval now basically starts to set the stage for Ariana being a bad girlfriend, right? And he's doing this so he can justify The fact that this entire time he was fucking Ariana's friend, okay? He says things like, she just comes at me. And I just, like, all I saw there was, like, seasons one through three of Vanderpump Rules and how he used to deal with Kristen. Now, Kristen Doty is a a nut job, right? We know this. But the way that he starts to talk about Ariana, 
you're describing a whole other person. And honestly, it sounds like you're having a private experience, Tom Sandoval. It sounds like when you say she comes at me and she doesn't agree with me and she thinks I'm stupid. I think you feel that way because you are stupid and she has reason for hating you. And your own insecurities are projecting and you think that your partner thinks those things of you because you actually think those things about yourself. Because you know those things to be true. You aren't smarter than Ariana. You are insecure. You are stupid. You are somebody who yells at women. Those are true things. And because Ariana is the smartest person that you know, you know that she's going to be the first person to call you out on it. And when she does call you out on it, you don't like the fact that it makes you look stupid. But that's just because you're an insecure piece of shit. That's all it is. But he's basically like really setting the stupid ass stage that like nobody believes. Because even in the conversation we saw last episode where she's being so fucking sweet to him about like, I think that you think that I'm stupid. And she's like, I don't think you're stupid. I think that I also do things that are annoying and stupid. But like, I love you. I don't think that this is panning out for Tom Sandoval the way that he thinks it is. And obviously we know that to be true. Shorts says something about, you know, being dismissive of your partner is a slippery slope. You guys. Tom Schwartz, the man whose wife left him for being dismissive, says, I think that when your partner is dismissive, it is a slippery slope. Okay, so you agree that being a dismissive person to your partner is not nice. Okay, so what you did to Katie, what you've continued, you did to Katie for 12 fucking years is the reason why she left you. Let's keep that in mind for later on when Tom Sandoval goes off on Katie about not taking accountability for the end of her marriage. What? I can't. I can't with these people. At James and Allie's apartment, they're making PBJ sandwiches because um, because James's tummy hurts, okay? And they're discussing this thing at the Abbey. And this is where we get this thing about, like, Katie implied that Tom and Ariana have an open relationship. But... Again, we're putting words in Katie's mouth. Allie went to Katie and said, I saw Tom and Raquel at the Abbey at 2 o'clock in the morning alone dancing. And Katie said, I don't think that their relationship really has any rules. So I feel like if that was happening, it wouldn't be a big deal. I think that's what she's basically trying to say is like, I don't think Ariana really cares about that stuff. I do think that Raquel is the problem. But I don't think Ariana really cares. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with Katie saying that. And after she, after Allie tells James this, James is the one that says, oh, yeah, like what, implying that they have an open relationship? She's not, Katie never said that Tom and Ariana have an open relationship. Katie never said that. Katie said Tom and Ariana's relationship doesn't really have rules, which is true. And as James points out, <laughs> Lala went down on Ariana while Tom was driving a car. So obviously they, their relationship is different than other people's relationships. They might have different roles. We saw that scene that was like deleted scene that was going around the internet of Tom and Ariana and Raquel topless in a hot tub. Don't think their relationship has the types of rules that other people's do. 
That doesn't justify Tom fucking our Raquel in secret. But I don't think that their relationship has the same kind of boundaries as maybe other people's relationships do. Where Allie and, um, you know, Allie might be weirded out if James was dancing with somebody, Lala, in a club at one o'clock in the morning by her by themselves. I think that Ariana might not because Ariana doesn't think that those things are a big deal. They're friends. They're all buddies. And we see that Sheena feels that way later on, too. But James suggests, <laughs> adorably, that Allie should maybe talk to Sheena directly <laughs> because they're besties. Sheena and uh, Ariana are besties and also because Sheena loves to gossip. <laughs> this is a James Kennedy A+. Plus. A-plus episode, okay? Um, Katie and Ariana go to the san- go to their sandwich shop location and, you know, they're talking about decor and everything. Lisa comes and they talk about the design. I think what's important to note here is that Ariana and uh, Katie have, like, the set designer for Nancy Myers movies. Um, like, I guess The Notebook and all that kind of stuff. Like rom-com movies, the guy who does set designs for rom-com movies is now doing the decor and design for their sandwich shop, which is amazing. Good for Ariana and Katie. Um, But they sit and they very briefly talk about design and then Lisa gossips with them and pretends to not know the thing about Oliver and Raquel. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? I just met with Oliver and he, for no reason at all, told me this thing about his marriage. Lisa! Shut up. Shut up, Lisa. But this is when Katie calls Raquel a hoe, but she also calls herself a hoe, which I love. Okay? I enjoyed it. Um, James and Lala go to lunch, and I just love watching these two idiots together. James and Lala together are electric. But James is being a real grown-up about Raquel. You know, he's even telling Lala, like, let it go. Who cares? Whatever's going on with Raquel, like, I think you've done your part. Like, just drop it. Like, I don't even think James wants to keep talking about Raquel. I think he finds it annoying that the only time people talk to him is about Raquel. I think James is frustrated with the fact that, like, he is his own person. He can't just be tied to Raquel. I think he's also irritated with the fact that he's been, like, a longstanding member of this cast for a couple of years now. And the fact that, like, Raquel's, like, moseyed her way into the cast, it, 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 it's very obvious why James is annoyed. But James doesn't want to talk about Raquel anymore. He's like, that's not my storyline. Let it go. Please, God. But he's being a very uh, grown-up, mature person about it. He wants to have a beach day. And he says that he's going to invite her because if he doesn't, then they're all going to be like, oh, why isn't Raquel here? I like when James does his American accent. It cracks me up. Um, and it's smart. He says it's better to just invite her so that she's not my problem anymore. Good for you, James. Um, the Toms go in to check on uh, Sandoval's jizz results. I can't believe I wrote that down. Anyway, Ariana had to suddenly leave because another blow to Ariana wasn't bad enough that Charlotte died. Her grandmother also died. Okay. This is, this is bad. Okay, guys. Ariana had to leave because her grandmother passed away suddenly. Grandma Bonnie. And it just makes me sad because fuck the Toms. They get Tom Sandoval's like sperm results and it looks fine, whatever. And then he FaceTimes Ariana and they talk about it. And she's being so fucking sweet and funny and lovely, despite the fact that she's like clearly grieving the loss of her grandmother. And Tom is talking to Tom about like how I think they maybe have this conversation at the food truck, but they're talking about like, 
oh, like it's better for the embryos if, if it's better for the eggs if they're embryos, you know, they last a lot longer than if they are just frozen eggs. And he says something like, you know, at first I was excited about it, but now it's like, well, like, are we going to have kids when I'm like 50? Like, here's the thing, Tom Sandoval, you do get to have kids when you're 50, even if you don't freeze your sperm or make embryos. Ariana doesn't get to do that. This is a, a, a nice reminder of how different the biological fucking clock works on women, okay? We don't have the choice to make a decision to be childless or child-free later on in our lives or early on in our lives. If we decide at the age of 25 that we don't want children and that decision changes by the time we're 45 we and we don't do anything to preserve the option to maybe have children later on in life, then we lose our chances of ever being mothers, right, or parents. And this is for people with uteruses, right? Men don't have to worry about that because they can impregnate any vehicle that is willing to take their sperm later on in life, you know? And it's just a reminder that, like, Tom Sandoval can wax poetic about how evolved he is and how smart he is and all those things, but he's not very smart because he's not understanding why Ariana is doing these things. It's just, I gotta hate him. It's just a reminder that men are trash. Okay. Anyway, um, Allie and Sheena go to lunch and this is when Sheena goes to bat for Raquel. Okay. <sighs> Sheena says things like Sandoval and Brock are like big brothers to Raquel. Ugh. She says she trusts Raquel in bed with Brock. Ugh. Not good considering that there's like rumors on the internet that like Brock and Raquel have hooked up. I don't think that that's true, but ugh and then Sheena turns a, in the words of Teresa Judice, a mountain into a mole hall. Okay. She says that Katie saying that Tom and Ariana have an open relationship is so messed up, is so messed up. Like she can't believe that this is happening. And like, why would she do that? Like Sheena is one thing about Sheena is that she is going to uh, misconstrue she is going to misread the room and she is going to loudly and proudly go to bat for somebody who doesn't deserve going to bat uh, for, if that makes sense. Ugh, this, uh, this scene is going to haunt her, I believe, for the rest of her life. Um, anyway, they, we head to Hermosa Beach for the beach hang. Um, the gang hangs out. Satchel shows up with Katie in socks and sandals. So that's good for Katie. Um, and, uh, this is when Sheena pulls Tom aside and sprinkles a little spice. You know, she does a little Giselle spin on the story and blames it fully on Katie. Fully blames it on Katie, says Katie thinks that Raquel is now coming for Tom Sandoval. Katie didn't say that. Katie didn't say that. Katie said when Raquel gets drunk, she will do stupid things. That's all she said. She didn't say that there's something going on. She said, I found it odd that Tom Sandoval enjoys Raquel's uh, company late into the hours without his girlfriend present. That's all she said. She enjoys the company of a person who enjoys to get getting drunk and makes stupid mistakes. That's all she said. What that implies, sure. But she didn't say anything about them being in an open relationship, Sheena. 
No one, that never happened. Katie didn't say that, but Katie lets Tom Sandoval know. And, and this is where I believe, this is truly where I believe that Tom Sandoval started to really, really lean into the Ariana thing. Ariana's a bad girlfriend. Because I believe that he knows that Katie and Lala have his number. They know exactly what has happened. He knows exactly that he's fucked up at this point. And this is when Tom Sandoval loses his shit. Okay, we've seen Jax do very similar things. Let's not forget, these guys are best friends. Okay, they were best friends and birds of a fucking feather. Okay, birds of a feather, birds of a feather, fuck their girlfriends, best friends together. Okay. anyway um this is when schwartz makes a bad joke about james as james is on a roll guys james is having the time of his life he's playing rugby or football poorly and schwartz makes a joke about richella right james is telling them how excited he is to be opening for cascade um at imagine fest in atlanta and schwartz says Oh, is it as big as Rochella? And James gets really upset. First he goes in verbally on Schwartz. Then he goes in liquidly on Schwartz. He throws a drink on him. I think a couple of things are important to know. First of all, I love Allie. Okay, Allie getting upset and being like, what the fuck, man? I'm not dealing with this bullshit. Is this worth it? Do I have to be on the show in order to be James's girlfriend? Like, can I just hang out with you, Charlie? Come on. But Sandoval, like Schwartz gets, you know, the drink thrown at him. And he has no heat for James. He says things like, you better not do that again. Or I'm going to put you in a chokehold. Like, no, you're not. James is right. (laughs) James has now resorted to calling Schwartz a fat man. And I'm not here for fat shaming, but I'm here for fat shaming people who are pieces of shit. Um, And like Sandoval kind of inserts himself into the situation to like diffuse the situation. There's like sort of words between Lala and Sandoval and It's just weird because they're all talking about Raquel and they're all talking about Rachella. They're all talking about her as if she's not there, which is funny. (laughs) It's it's funny also because Tom Sandoval is going to bat for Raquel in a really strange way. Uh, But we know why now. Right. Of course. They all go to a bar first. The, you know, the, the the Katie's and the Lala's and the Satchel's and the Don's go to a bar a separate restaurant, and then everybody follows. And we see when Schwartz starts to be nasty mean, right? Schwartz doesn't have any heat for James. Instead, he starts to take it out on Katie. He, it's weird. It's like Schwartz got embarrassed by James because James threw a drink at him. And then later on, James, James doesn't, James, blah, blah, blah. later on, James doesn't accept Schwartz's apology First, he comes for Katie. He's like, I'm so glad I'm not with her anymore. She's such a bitch. She's so she sucks. And then he goes in on Lala. And that should tell you guys a lot about the kind of person Tom Schwartz is, right? He doesn't actually take it out on the person who actually embarrassed him. Instead, he's taking it out on the women that are there, right? He's taking it out on Lala. He's taking it out on Katie. He's muttering that Katie holds grudges and all that shit. And he's talking about Lala being a, you know, fake housewife and all that stuff. Why? Why is he going so hard on Lala when James is the one that's not accepting his apology? And it's because Tom Schwartz is a piece of shit. 
It's because Tom Schwartz is a misogynist, guys. It's because Tom Schwartz is actually a fucking snake ass weasel worm tail who doesn't actually know how to be a man and fight with people that are actually deserving of the heat. Instead, he's going to go for the women because it's easier for him to be angry and mean to women. He says something to Sandoval while fucking deep-throating chicken wings, saying, I don't know who Lala is. She's a one-dimensional being. Who are you besides a meth head? Who are you? And Sandoval says something, well, well, that's not her real name. Lala is not her real name. That's a start. Oh, really? What's Raquel's real name? If we're going to go there. Anyway, uh, things are happening. James gets water in his eyes. Allie makes fun of him. It makes me laugh. Honestly, I really like it. Okay. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I like it. James is James is on a roll, and I'm rolling on the floor laughing. Um, Sheena, Raquel, Lala, and Katie are sort of talking, and I don't even know how Sandoval gets involved, but I think it goes something like Katie says to Raquel, because Raquel's like, you called me a whore. And Katie says, yeah, I called you a whore because I gave you a chance to prove that you weren't like that, but you are. And then Tom says, Tom Sandoval says, oh, so we have to prove ourselves to you. He was, um, Katie was talking to Raquel about the Oliver and Tom Schwartz and Tom Schwartz situation. What do you mean by we have to prove ourselves to you, Tom? Are you saying that because we are actually feeling guilty about the things that we are doing with Raquel? Is that why you're inserting yourself for no reason at all, you greasy, nasty, pedo, porn stash, nasty piece of shit? Is that what's going on here? He says, Ariana isn't happy with you. And we get this confessional moment where Tom Sandoval boldly lies that there's nothing that's ever happened with him and Raquel. But there's a lot of like chatter going back and forth and Katie is truly confused. So Allie's brought over to clarify what they think Katie said. And I'm not sure if Allie does any clarification. But of course, Tom Sandoval is guilty, sweaty, screaming, deflecting, and changing the topic topic to how Katie is so shitty to Schwartz. He says, you don't take any accountability for Schwartz and your marriage and all that stuff. And it's like, I don't understand what this has to do with Katie and Schwartz. What are you talking about? You're not even addressing the issue. If the issue is that Katie said that Tom and Ariana are in an open relationship because she saw Tom dancing with Raquel, somebody saw Tom dancing with Raquel in a bar alone at two o'clock in the morning, then why are we talking about Katie and Schwartz's marriage? What does that have to do with each other? It doesn't, but you're guilty. And you're projecting and you're deflecting and you're changing the subject because you know that you are actually doing something very fucked up. And I think the other reason why he's being so angry and so loud and so wrong is because Raquel is already in this situation actively with Tom Sandoval. She is currently fucking this man. And he's likely convincing her it's going to be fine. And I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to take care of you. And this is when he gets to flex his stupid, stupid, nasty, sweaty, gross guns and say, look at how I'm defending you, Raquel, against terrible Katie who called you a whore because you're actually behaving like one right now. But let me defend you. 
because I'm so honorable and wonderful. He says something like, you shouldn't be with somebody because of who you want them to be. You should be with somebody because of who they are. Okay, so if Ariana should be with somebody, let's, let's pause for that for a second. If people should be with somebody because of who they are, then why are you hiding the fact that what you are is a piece of shit who cheats on his girlfriend? If people should be with people because of who they are, then why are you trying to uh, get Ariana to just go along with you being wrong all the time? If people should be with just who they are, then why are you complaining about Ariana and who she is as a person, the things that you loved about the about her when it suited you? Because you're a fucking liar. You don't make any fucking sense. In the words of Katie, get a life, bitch. Get a fucking life, bitch, okay? <sighs> anyway, next week, um, Ken Todd gets rolled in. Uh, they pre-programmed the button behind him. He pressed somebody, Rocio is going to go press a button. He's going to say a couple of lines. Can you believe that Raquel spent the night at Tom Sandoval's house without Ariana there? <laughs> so staged. Let's talk about the staging for a second, okay? You know, is, let's just, what I said in the beginning of the recap, which is that I don't think that people are necessarily shocked the people who are shocked are the people who were convinced that nothing was going on. The people who believe Tom Sandoval are the people that were shocked. The Sheena who defended Raquel, Ariana who trusted Raquel, James who said, nah, I don't think you should really think into it, Allie. Those are the people that are the most shocked. But Katie and Lala were never shocked when this happened. What I do think is shitty is that they didn't try to convince Ariana enough, but I also understand why they didn't. It's because her dog died and then her grandmother died. And I think they did, they went through the, you know, the channels that they thought would help. Sheena. Sheena screwed the pooch. Ugh. God. I love this show. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I'll be back tomorrow to talk to you guys a little coffee talk about Rojasas of New Jersey. And I'll catch you when I catch you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time.